It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Before WIP FM HD1 Philadelphia from the Tasty Cake Studios, this is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. <laughs> the voice is going, but he, we are live from the NFL draft. It is 94 WIP back in our cozy spot from one to three right here. Uh, in the, I, and I, I, I got to tell you, I'm looking at the skyline. I see the NFL stage. It's to the right. I see all these rabid, awesome Eagles fans in front of me having a great time down here. And it's been a fantastic time so far. And, uh, uh, you know, we've been uh, we've been down here for three days. And unfortunately, we've been talking for about 10 hours straight about the NFL draft, <laughs> but we are not done, and we are so excited to be uh, doing this right now as I welcome in Mr. James Zeltzer. What's happening, buddy? Johnny, uh, uh, your voice, we can tell how much you've put into the last few days. We all have, I think we did a six-hour straight broadcast last night on uh, on the old FB Live and all yes. that stuff. So. Um, it's just awesome, man. This is uh, one of the coolest things I've ever been a part of. Uh, the city has handled it so well. The It's so well set up. Uh, it is so fan-friendly. It, it's There are so many people here, and at no point has it felt crowded, has it felt like too much, and everything is just m- smooth, man. So um, uh, represent Philly. It's been awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll get into the picks, obviously, as we're going along. Mac Hollins was the latest one that came from North Carolina, and we feel, we're feeling weird about it. Let's just say weird. that. We feel a little weird about it, but making his radio debut on 94 WIP. We welcome in our lead draft writer from BleedingGreenNation.com, Mr. Ben Natan. Ben, what's happening, buddy? Man, we were talking for like five hours yesterday, and by the end of the night, my lips were tired. I was slurring my words. I woke up this morning. <laughs> I felt like I drank a cup of sand or something like that. My throat was hurting. I, but it's great to be here. I mean, it's it's gorgeous this weekend. Everybody's so happy. The, the city of Philadelphia has turned out for this, and it is amazing. This is the best draft ever. Yeah, it is, and uh, I can almost guarantee you it's probably going to be back here next year. It's just it's hard to not see the NFL turning this into a big festival every year, no matter where it is. 
because Philadelphia has made that possible. It's it's great. It's great to see. So, gentlemen, let's get into it. Let's recap a, a, a couple of things that have been happening the last couple of days here. Let's start with Sidney Jones. I, I, I get this impression that there are a lot of folks that are, I, I, I don't know, it's it's kind of split down the middle here. I think there are a lot of people that are looking this at the optimistic side. You know, hey, you know, we understand that this guy has, has gone through a lot with his Achilles. It's a freak thing that happened. And and there's the the other side where it's just like, well, we don't know this if this kid's ever going to play this year, which I think is okay. And then there's questions about, well, does when he does return, is he that same player that we saw on tape, uh, you know, playing in Washington? Being, I mean, he was our, amongst us, I think either one or two on our boards as far as where the corners were happening to be here. But this is the thing I don't understand. When folks get into that, and, and it's literally the, the timing of the injury. Like, we're sitting here right now talking about Jake Butt and when he's going to go as that tight end for Michigan. It's just unfortunate that his ACL popped during, you know, his bowl game. No one's talking about, like, oh, man, is he ever going to come back and play again? Is he going to be ready for the season? I think it's more timing of the injuries. Also, the durability of even the guys that went in the first round. The knock on John Ross, especially for you, James, was there's the injury history. I just can't do it. And it didn't matter. And he goes as a top 10 pick, and everybody's excited about it. The same thing with everybody wanted Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook has had many durability issues during his career. So why is it the timing of the fact that, okay, you're going to take this guy in the second round. Those guys will be okay that have had injury histories in the past. This is the first time that this guy's getting injured. And suddenly, he'll no longer come back to form even if it's in December. Yeah, well, especially looking at, you just said, one of our top two corners. The other one is Marshawn Lattimore, who went 11th overall, who has had hamstring issues his entire career. He had surgery on his hamstrings, which I said the other day. I Normally, you just have hamstrings hamstrings heal, right? I've never heard of another person having hamstring surgery. At that age, the issues that he has had with his hamstrings, those scare me just as much, if not more, as a one-off. And granted, Achilles worse than an ACL. An Achilles injury, you know, especially with a guy who needs to leap, who needs to be able to jump. That's part of what he does. That's an injury that that is worrisome, but at the same time, he is what, 21 years old. You heal faster when you're younger. Uh, You know, We're already hearing, and who knows uh, what the actual truth is, but I'm assuming the Eagles know more about his progress than we do, and I'm assuming that when they take him there that they feel positive about it, obviously. And look, you're getting a guy who was a, a lock, guarantee first half of the first round, first round pick at the 43rd pick in the draft. And look, again, Ben, I don't care if he plays this year. Would I like to see him? Sure, but we're not you know, going for it this year in that same way. This is a kid who could be a huge part of this defense for a long time. What you're seeing with a lot of these injuries picks are teams doing this opportunity cost thing where they're looking at the talent of the player uh, against the severity of the injury. I mean, look, Think about how high John Ross would have gone if there were no injury concerns. He probably oh, yeah. would have been that fifth pick to Tennessee instead Absolutely. of Corey Davis. Uh, you know, Same thing with Marshawn Lattimore. He probably would have gone a lot higher if they weren't concerned about his hand strings. The team can't be that concerned about Sidney Jones's injury if they're willing to take him in the second round. And on top of that, it also shows how highly they think of him. I'm going to give you a number. Zero. Zero touchdowns allowed for Sidney Jones in 2016. He's allowed one in the last two years in his coverage. This is a really, really good cornerback. And the team doesn't need him next year because they're not playing for a Super Bowl next year. They can ease him in. They don't need to play him at all. They have Patrick Robinson. They drafted Rizul Douglas. They already have Jalen Mills there. They can ease him in. And if he comes in 2018, that's fine. That's probably when the team's going to need him a lot more. And if he's healthy and if he's the player he was last year, 
This is a face-eating yeah. defense. Absolutely. Well, well, especially when you consider the conference that he played in. I mean, that's a conference that airs the ball out nonstop. To have those type of numbers against that much, you know, action, as it were, is, is that much more impressive. Absolutely. And that's where I keep coming back to that. It's just like, yeah, there's, I mean, I, I understand the downside of it. And look, I, I there is a lot of people. That just don't, uh, that are probably ignoring the, the downside of all this. Sure. I'm sure we're going to do that too. But it's in the first 24 hours. Mm-hmm. You know, you got you to gotta be a little excited that you could have landed potentially the best corner in the draft in the second round. And the thing that makes you feel good about it, well, or at least it should, and that's the other reaction I don't understand, is the fact that you have a pass rusher that can actually pass rush yes. now. You know, yes. no, no disrespect to Vinny Curry, no disrespect to all those guys. Those are situational pass rushers. But when you bring in Chris Long and when you bring Bring in a guy like Derek Barnett with Brandon Graham on the other side, even though the rotation's probably still a little thin on Brandon's side. <laughs> Again, the bar is so low for to find someone better than McKelvin. Find, I mean, well, and yeah. that, that was the thing, too, with the wide receivers. Find somebody better than an undrafted free agent and in Hall of Fame Paul Turner. You know, it's just <laughs> the bar's so low. So if the you, burner, the, the Bryce Treggs. The best thing for these guys to get into that situation, and even if Sidney Jones was healthy and at 14 and that was the pick, I'm sure that it would have gone a different way and there would have been pass rushers there in here, at least in this situation. Those Jim Schwartz can get those horses going in the first couple of weeks that you see in there. Then you see Russell take over for whoever. God, I hope Patrick Robinson is not starting at week one. But even if that's a factor that comes in there, you have all these guys that are ready to kill the quarterback that already implements your secondary being better automatically because of it and taking a, a, a risk. It is a risk. This could go wrong. But, man, oh, man, if it goes right, just like Ben said, I'm ready to eat paint, metal, whatever it is. I'm ready to run through a wall. Yes, me too, especially because, it, look, you know, we've in Philadelphia, not to, to, you know, hearken to something that we talked about way too much, but, I mean, we're used to this, all right? We're used to patience. We're used yes. to waiting on guys. This is something we know how to do. Um, and, and I just think when you look at the upside, like you said, the bar is so low at corner. I mean, I think I'd take Sidney Jones on one Achilles over some of the cornerback play we've seen here the last few years. Bradley Fletcher. Um, so, look, I just think I think that when you look at the, the where they got him, what the talent that he has, the upside, all you're saying is if he can recover from an Achilles injury, which you know we've seen guys do, including yeah. guys like Jason Peters who are a lot heavier. I think that's another thing that we kind of gets lost in the Achilles thing. Achilles injuries, when you have that much weight on you and whatnot, is a much worse injury than someone who's you know an athlete, a thinner, you know, six yes. foot. He's going. He, I truly believe that he is going to heal and it maybe he can't jump quite as high as he could before but uh, Sidney Jones at 98% of what he was before 95% of what he was before Ben is such a large upgrade for this team yeah and you brought it up earlier the the bar is so low and this was a defense that was operating at a pretty high level early in the season but it it all kind of fell apart when the secondary was getting exposed with those short quick hit passes if you if you have a secondary that's covering for even you know a quarter of a second long Longer, Fletcher Cox is getting home. Yes. You know, Brandon Graham is getting home. And there's a symbiotic relationship between the defensive line and the secondary that adding a Derek Barnett is going to help the secondary out. Adding a Sidney Jones and even adding a Razul Douglas is going to help the defensive line out. And I think the plan is going to end up being, you know, let the guys who are healthy battle it out in camp. Maybe you end up having Patrick Robinson and Jalen Mills start the season on the outside in these nickel packages. Patrick Robinson's actually pretty good in the slot. You kick him inside, yep. let Razul Douglas play on the outside. Ron Brooks. Three, yeah, those three cornerback sets. And then ease Razul 
Rasul Douglas in, you know, let him, let him uh, test the fire a little bit. And then by the end of the season, he's going to be your starting outside cornerback opposite of Jalen Mills, probably. Yeah, and, and, that's, and that's the hope for that. Obviously, we're, you're banking a lot on all these things, and that's the beauty of the draft here. You know, every single franchise, every single team, every single fan is going to go, man, we nailed this thing. Hope's well, unless eternal, you're, Johnny. Unless you're the Chicago Bears. Somebody send them <laughs> beers and money because what a god-awful draft that they're having in there. But in between that, I mean, you know, there's, there's always that optimism that's going through here. Something is not going to go right unless they it all does, and then we'll crown and make the statue for Joe Douglas immediately. 888-729-9494. We are talking all things draft for the next couple of hours. We're going to go to Ron in Lehigh. Ron, what's going on today, buddy? How are you? Hey, Johnny, Jimmy, I have a, a question and a comment about uh, Pennsylvania's uh, newest Sid the Kid. Yes, lay it on us, <laughs> Ron. Well. Sid, we now, we're crowning a new Sid the Kid. <laughs> I like that idea. And yes. he'll be better than uh, the other one. <laughs> Sid, uh, Sid, whatever, 97, we, uh, was nice knowing you. But here's my question, and it relates more to something, what the doctor was about, you know, the Achilles. And, and I have a comment, too. Uh, and Jimmy was just touching on my comment. But the question is... Did you hear what the doctor was saying? Are are there differences? Are there de, de, are there gradations of Achilles injuries? Did I hear him say there was something maybe higher? Because you know, of course, the Greeks, you know, the Achilles, yeah. uh, you know, it's serious. It's it's very serious. But oh yeah, it's a legitimate it, injury. Yeah, it's not an ACL. Yeah. But are there are there are there gradations? Does does maybe uh, uh, Sid Jones does he have something that's of a less severity? Have you heard that? We we don't really know. The only thing I saw was Les Bowen was I, I think had suggested or or talked to saying if it was in that higher area, uh, then it's it is less recovery time. I, I honestly don't know as far as that matters. I mean, it, an Achilles injury is still an Achilles injury. Highly serious. Yes. Yeah, but I anyway, think Ron. My- Ron and I think the point, though, is that, look, uh, we don't have nearly as much information as these teams that were making these decisions do on his progress. So you have to at least put a little bit of faith in the Eagles that they did their due diligence and that they know, at least to some measure of degree, to the risk they took at the place they took him, that he's going to get healthy, if you know what I mean. Let me make, let me make my comment. Sure. I, I watched some video on Sidney Jones yesterday. And I, I, I think everybody who could watch his, his he was like Fred Astaire. His footwork is incredible. That is that is that is Ben's wheelhouse, Ron. We appreciate. We talk about theater and football. (laughs) There you go, buddy. There you go. It finally happened. Wow, my brand. (laughs) So uh, yeah, it is true. I mean, like I think for for the folks that are just getting to know Sidney Jones now and looking at what he does, I mean, for such a guy with with the length and the arms, the fluidity that he has. Just, just, just in his game alone. I mean, that's that's why we got excited. Literally, when we're doing the BGN Radio live podcast, and you can follow us at BGN underscore Radio. I literally stood out of my chair and I started dancing around <laughs> like a crazy person. I was like, "Oh my god, this is this is you know." Again, we, we've mentioned it. And you're going to hear it a million times, but it's 21. You know, and he's an athlete. There will be pieces of him that are going to be. Even even at the worst case scenario, he will still be a very good corner in this league. Yeah, well, especially considering like I, I, 
before the injury, if they had taken him at 14, this town would have would have rejoiced with this pick. And, and I know it's a big injury and a big deal, but I just, uh, for me, especially where this team is, uh, you know, we keep mentioning it, but to, to really harp on the fact that, you know, and Jeffrey Lurie's made it very clear, Howie Roseman's made it very clear, they're not winning the Super Bowl this year. They are not they, trying. They literally told us. They are not trying to win the Super Bowl this yeah. year. So this is the type of pick you make. This is the type of pick you make with a long-term future in mind. You get a guy whose upside is through the roof at a position of desperate need yes. long-term. Well, so, Ben, here's what I don't understand. We can agree uh, uh, pretty much for the first couple of picks there. Uh, even even for all three rounds, I think we would be like, you know what, that's, that's a pretty good draft so far. I don't understand this Mac Hollins thing. I really don't. Because... If, if the first thing that comes out that they're trying to tell us, oh, the special teams of this guy is, is fantastic. This is really, they really blew us away with how, how that could go. You start to scratch your head and go, that probably shouldn't be the first thing that you mentioned for a fourth round pick. I know it's... Seventh whatever. rounder, that's when you mention that. <laughs> exactly, yeah. that's when you get into those situations. I understand that, you know, the metrics that read out, and again, had one of the worst quarterbacks throwing to him in this draft. Uh, and that is Mitchell Trubisky down there. You had Ryan Switzer. You had Fire. Some, some other guys. There is some, you know, I, 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 the injury history, a lot of that stuff. It's a head scratcher to me just from what's on the board when you have Joe and Jamal Williams there. You have some pretty good running backs that are going through. What do you make of this, man? I think I think the football team saw a 6'4", 220 guy, 220-pound guy with 4'5 speed. 20 yards per reception in college and scored 20 touchdowns on only 81 catches. Those are impressive numbers. Metrics and, are great. And yeah. they saw that, and they're probably like, oh, well, if you project this with an actual quarterback like Carson Wentz, we got ourselves a hell of a receiver. And when you have, you know, when you have Alshon Jeffrey on a one-year deal, Jordan Matthews is uh, only one more year on his rookie deal, you don't really know what's happening with Torrey Smith after this season. They need some security at the wide receiver position. So I can understand them investing resources in maybe a depth guy who can grow into a bigger role over the, over the next couple years. But you need a running back. I, I don't think anyone will argue with the fact that this team cannot go into next season with Wendell Smallwood, Ryan Matthews, and Darren Sproles as their top three guys. Ryan Matthews, as talented as he is, you never know when he's going to get hurt. He's one of the least dependable players in the NFL. Wendell Smallwood, he's solid. He can be a rotational guy. He can be a third third down guy. Darren Sproles is I mean, he's old. I mean, he's good. I, you know, I don't want. And he's in his love last him, year anyway. Yeah, yeah, this is the last year of his deal. You need a guy who can carry the load for this football team, take pressure off Carson Wentz, can get four yards whenever you need him to get four yards, grind down a defense. I mean, I wanted Samaj Pirine. Obviously, that he went to Washington. Jamal Williams would have been a great pick for them uh, where they took Mac Holland, someone who can just pound the rock for this football team. And the fact that they're really, it seems like they're really playing the value game for the running back position. They're trying to play money ball with the running back position. It's a little nerve-wracking. Yeah, and, and the one thing that I guess we can, you can kind of like rest your laurels on is that Joe Douglas has still been able to find yes. in his entire career, no matter where he's been, somewhere in this range anyway. So, Listen, if I, 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 I'm not, I don't want I don't want to say benefit of the doubt, but I will give. Obviously, we're going to give all these guys a chance here. It's I, I don't know because I have heard and seen some other folks go. If he's in the right spot, I mean, you are getting a Mike Evans type here, and I'm just like I don't know how you see that at all. I, I mean, we, we've looked at it's this a guy aggressive. a lot here, and I'm just like you know, man, uh, it, it, it's a little aggressive, but. I don't know. Are you feeling any which way about this? Chance? No. I mean, look, I, like, do I like that he's a great special teams player? Sure. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, and I do like that they, as an organization, and, and I think partially because of Chip and, and that part of it worked out, that they do put an emphasis on guys who can play special teams and actually care about that. 
Um, but man, like I said, I think that's when you start to think about that in the seventh round. Yeah. Um, I do like the upside of the pick. I do like that there is theoretically this guy could become something, but um, it just seems like there were better. Op- my, my bigger issue is it just seems like there were better options, better fits, better you know players on the board right there. Yeah. You all oh, go ahead, Ben. What I have a question: If you're going to take a wide receiver there, why not Isaiah Ford? I mean, exactly. you're talking about the leading Virginia receiver Tech. in Virginia Tech history. Yeah. At 20 years old, I mean, he's a, as polished as receivers come. He can catch the football, which I know a lot of Eagles fans are really looking for with these yes. wide receivers. So why not him? Or why not Ryan Switzer? If you're talking about yeah, special, yes. the other one, one of the one. best returners in college football over the last three years. I, I think that Matt Collins has upside, and I don't want to. I don't want to discredit who he could become as a player. But in terms of taking a wide receiver, if you're going to take a wide receiver right there, there are better players. Absolutely, I could, it couldn't have said it better myself. And especially if they're looking for character guys. C.F. Ward has it in spades. I mean, we, we sat down and we we chatted with him during this whole pre-draft process. He brings his mom everywhere with him. Really great, great bright guy. Spending the draft at home. I, I, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe they'll t- maybe they'll double dip in wide receiver and sure. save us all. What I would like to say is uh, thank you to DGB for participating in the 2016 <laughs> Eagles season. And we wish you luck no matter where you go. See ya. We will keep it rolling right here on 94 WIP, 888-729-9494, pound 9494 on your Verizon AT&T cell phones. It is BGN Radio right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. One. One, two. The Eagles have made a trade Check with the Minnesota Vikings as they give up a seventh-round pick and then swap fourths. Here is what's going on. Uh, and uh, the Eagles have selected Donnell Humphrey. So we have a uh, we have a running back here and uh, John Gentile. Is he was on his yeah. fantasy team. His right. college, college fantasy, fantasy team, team is going this on. Guy right yeah. there. So the uh, Ben the Eagles get a running back here. I know it's, it didn't seem like it was your favorite out of all the all the things that were on the board here, but I actually really like this pick, dude. Is, you danced. You got up yeah, and danced when his, you heard his it. versatility. I think he's a very quick guy. You know, Donald Pumphrey's has done some things. I mean, I think the concern with Donnell Pumphrey is going to be his size. He's obviously a little bit smaller. He's 5'9". He's under 180 pounds, so it's a little bit unheard of in terms of size for NFL running backs. But this is your Sproles replacement. He's the leading rusher in NCAA history. He had over 2,843 yards after contact in the last three years. He broke over 208 tackles in the last three years. Wow. Here's a number for you. (laughs) Wow. The percentage of the time he was tackled on first contact, 39.6% 39.6% of the time. Yeah, that's, uh, I would say that's That was the good. fourth leading fourth, yeah, fourth leading say, number in the nation for college elite. football running backs. So, yeah, he's not the biggest. Maybe he can't shoulder the entire load for your your, uh, your running game. I mean, he's only 180 pounds, so but he can't take that NFL beating. But as a changeup back, as a receiving back, a guy who, who can contribute on special teams, this is, a, this is a nice pick for the Eagles. So does that mean that uh, Jamal Charles is going to be coming uh, soon after the draft here? Is that his <laughs> old, it's got to be somebody man, because man. Ryan Matthews isn't carrying the load of this team either, <laughs> yeah, I promise. Yeah, we don't even know if Ryan Matthews will ever play That's right. at this point. So it is BGN Radio. John Barcher, James Elson, of course, Ben Natan, our lead draft writer from Bleeding Green Nation. But joining us right now from the Emmy Award winning yeah. CBS3 Morning Show, <laughs> he does the sports uh, and the takes all at once. And we welcome him here, Mr. Pat Gallo. What's happening, buddy? What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. Uh, I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, I told you like years ago I would come on your show. Yeah. And so uh, <laughs> yes, we, are. And we waited. Maria, Maria Donahue, wherever you are I out hope there. I she's listening. He, he's happening. finally here. 
here. It came out, so uh, we know we appreciate it, man. How, how are you enjoying the uh, the festivities here so well, far? Well, you know, I've been here the last, what, four mornings, and there's no one else here. It's just me what, roaming around an empty place, and it's pretty cool. But it is definitely awesome to see the turnout that we have gotten here over the last three days. And I'm like a natural skeptic. So I'm thinking, like, <laughs> you know, this is going to be terrible. There's going to be traffic. And then I walked in here. I'm like... This blows anything away that I thought it would be. So kudos to Philly for for really representing here. Yeah, absolutely. So if you being the skeptic here, yeah. I'm, I'm going to assume yeah, that right. you're you're not too happy about this Eagles draft. Uh, I'm okay with it. No, I won't be that skeptical because you and I talked yesterday morning yes. on CBS three after the Eagles' first round pick of Derek Barnett, and you kind of you soothed it. You said he is a great fit because you know I wasn't sure. I was hoping they would go cornerback at that position. But if you tell me he's great, then I'm, I'm rolling with you, dude. I'm with you on that one. everyone else was like, yeah, I, know, right? awesome. I will say that I do love the Sidney Jones pick. I think that that's fantastic value. And I get that he's, he's injured. The Achilles injury is going to be a tough one to come back from. But I, we have gotten so used to having players like him in this town that it makes it so easy to root for. When yes, they shouted his name last night and the crowd erupted the way they did, you just knew that he was—he's going to be a fan favorite right from the start, right from the start, right from Jump Street. So that's awesome. Absolutely, and I think there is—I mean, sure, there's there's a lot of folks that are still disappointed that it wasn't Dalvin Cook, and that's—I think that's never going to be out of people's minds. If you're sure. if you were a mixing and a Cook guy, I mean, whatever. But at the same yeah, time, whatever. I, I think that's how the, the the natural progression of everything goes here, right? So we get we get the the instant reaction of what's going on. 12 hours later, we love it, and then, uh, you know, that's kind of the cycle. Then by the time August hits, we're all pumped for all these guys, and were they're all going to be Hall of Famers. Were so. you guys cool with it, with the Sidney Jones? Oh, yeah. I, I was ecstatic. Oh, yeah. we, we, I think all three of us very, very happy with the upside. But, yeah, you know what's going to happen as soon as uh, either of any of these guys goes out and makes one bad play, then we're back. So, yeah, yeah, the immediate said, oh, my God, did you see O.J. Howard <laughs> catch that touchdown? They blew it. Yes, Ru- Ruben right? Foster's the other one, too. And, and I, guess, I just got to say this, guys. There are 31 other NFL teams. 30. Or, oh, yeah. 30. He went 31st. Oh, yeah. There we go. <laughs> so there are, there are those amount of teams that passed up on him. Yeah. And the only ones that jumped back into the first round to get him was the same people that drafted C.J. Beathard in the third round, quarterback from Iowa, who I have I have seen him play way too too, too many times, and that guy's awful. So, I, you know, you're, you're rely- if you're saying, if you're trying to give John Lynch a ton of credit for passing on this <laughs> high talent and doing all this stuff, I think we need to reevaluate a little bit of what's going on here. Well, we need, we needed that because we were like, how is John Lynch having such a good first round? This doesn't make any sense at all. And then we're like, ah, uh, there's there the John There Lynch he is. Expected. There he showed up. Well, uh, one thing that uh, I do find interesting is our good friend Ke- uh, Kevin, who's on the line here at 888-729-9494, has dealt with uh, some Achilles injuries. Is that true? True, Kevin? Yes. Uh, ironically enough, so I'm 42 years old. I actually uh, ruptured my Achilles the day after Thanksgiving uh, this year playing in a uh, local neighborhood football game. Um, wow. Was it, it was your pro day or just a, just a game? Yeah, just a game. <laughs> no. I, was, I was backpedaling, heard a pop in my head, dropped, knew it right away what happened. But the, some of the callers that... Uh, that we're asking about where the injury um, happens. It absolutely does make a difference. Mine was lower, and I actually had um, tendon there to, uh, to build from. So when they went in, I had a injury was Friday, and uh, Monday I had surgery. Took about eight weeks. Um, I wasn't allowed to put any uh, weight on it, but um, so it's April now. 
I'm running again. I'm actually, wow. okay. uh, yeah. So, well, but, Kevin, you got to come down, man. The Eagles need you as a UDF. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Late corner. You know, he, he, he's 20. I have no doubt he'll be able to uh, to get it back together. It's going to be all about his rehab. Um, Oh, I'm sorry, Kevin. I didn't mean to. Have, that was that was sloppy finger oh, uh, no. action. There was going there. But, but, sorry, but buddy. But that's a good point, though, because uh, everything we've heard about Sidney Jones and one of the main reasons they took him is because of how hard a worker is, how much he loves this game, how intense he is about playing football. I think that that's the type of person that you believe will be able to, you know, get back from something. Well, like this, I'll right? ask you guys this: Where would he have gone completely healthy? Is he definitely well, top ten? Right the thing, there, right? That's the thing about it: is just you can only go by uh, a general manager's word. Which, hey, uh, guess what? They all lie, uh, but at the same time, you know, I, I, Ben, do you buy in the fact that th- he was probably going to end up going in the next seven to ten picks after that? Uh, yeah, I mean, if he wasn't hurt, he would have been the fourteenth pick. I'm, I'm very confident in that fact that everyone was mocking him to the Eagles. You know, in early December before his pro day, you know, during the season, people thought that you know he was the number one or the number two cornerback in this draft, and then he tested well at the combine. All signs were pointing to him being a first-round pick. So if the Eagles didn't take that, take him where they did, I think a team would have scooped him up a little bit later. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I would think that somebody. I mean, especially a team like the Cowboys, who are, I mean, not in the next seven to ten picks, but right around there, would have yes. definitely gone, gone and done that. You oh, know, no uh, question. Uh, and speaking of that, the Cowboys did uh, did select. We will always got to keep an eye on what's going on over there. Uh, they selected who I thought the more productive receiver that the <laughs> on the opposite side of who the Eagles selected, uh, Ryan Switzer uh, from uh, North Carolina. You were there. visibly upset by that. Yeah, it was. no, it was. It, it, was, was like, it looked like someone. You he know. did. He did the Donnell pump free real yeah. quick. Yeah. And, and oh, Ryan Switzer like was like, "Oh my God, my life's I like, over." Can, yeah. can we make that a thing? <laughs> the, the Donnell pump free. Pump yeah, free. Uh, yeah, we I'm will like, do that. But what makes what makes me concerned here, Ben, is that. You know, Ryan, as much as you want to look at, yes, yeah, so Cole Beasley's been, has, has annoyed us for a very long time in this town. Now you're adding Ryan Switzer, who I think is an upgraded version of that. He's got a lot more quickness. He can do a lot of different things. He's very versatile for a guy that is that small that can play a little bit outside, and but mostly inside as a slot receiver. What does that do for the Cowboys' offense? The only thing worse than one Cole Beasley is it's two, two of them. Cole Beasley. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Cowboys got a really quick technical route runner, solid hands. He's more of an on-the-ground receiver. You're not going to see him use at the catch point very much, not a red zone threat, but a guy who can create yards after the catch. You saw his ability, his vision as a returner. Uh, he had over seven return touchdowns during his time in college. I think this is a really good pick by the Cowboys, and it's going to be a fun or frustrating juxtaposition over the next couple of years because we're going to have Mac Hollins. They're going to have Ryan Switzer. But I will say what will be funny is if both are really good, and then Mitch Trubisky just kind of <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. just disappears. Absolutely. Well, I think the big takeaway is this is basically another first-round pick. It's another first-round pick. Yes, yeah, that's right. Congratulations, uh, Dallas. Uh, I, actually, I think Jerry Jones had a Waldorf salad today, so that's also <laughs> another first-round pick for the Cowboys. Can I, just, can I just say this to you guys? You asked me to come on, John. Yes. You know, such a great guy. And I, I say to John, I'm like, do you really need me? You have Ben over here who knows everything about every player that has ever played in college football. What am I going to bring to the table? You're going to bring uh, your uh, your good-looking charm, which just shines through the microphone. Do you know how much this, I mean, this, just... this panel got like, when yeah, he sat down? Radio's like, no good All of a sudden, that. people are looking at us. People are paying attention. <laughs> no. It's because of this guy right here. And, Pat, like, what is, uh, I, I guess, your outlook for this as, you know, as things are going to wind down here yeah. today? Um, do you think that the uh, the draft is coming back to Philadelphia? You think we've convinced enough people that this thing works here? Honestly, I do. And I saw Ian Rappaport tweeting something about how there were no arrests, which is which is big because when you have two hundred thousand people or whatever the number is going to end up being come down to one spot, 
tempers can can flare, and a lot of people jammed in especially watching all the Especially when you were run out of beer the first yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. Especially no beer. There are a bunch of Cowboys fans around, which I cannot stand. But things have gone swimmingly. I think the NFL would love to, to come back here, and I would love to just shut Jerry Jones up, if anything. Yes. Yes. I know that he's angling to get it to Dallas. I do not want to see that happen. No. And who wants to go to Dallas? No one. No. Dallas Everyone is wants boring. to come back it here. It really is. Though. This is a great spot to have it. Uh, I know it's not going to be an every year thing. That it seems like maybe they want to do one or two years per city, and I'm cool with that because I love to to spread the love. But this has been fantastic. If we can do this again next year, I'm cool with it. I know it's been a little bit of a pain in the butt for people that live in this area, but if they can deal with it, it, it brings a lot of joy to a lot of people here. And. I, I've, I've enjoyed myself. Again, yeah. skeptically, didn't think that was going to happen, but here I am, smiling. <laughs> Absolutely. Pat Gallon, CBS3, uh, if your television is not on that station in the morning, you are doing it wrong. Thank you so much for I hanging out with us, buddy. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. He finally made it happen. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. right. Always so, a pleasure, boys. So it's there, and uh, we'll be back with more, obviously, uh, right here. And it's BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. It is BGN Radio right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. My man Robert right in front of me. Uh, credit for the Wentz jersey minus points that it is the white one. Yeah. It's the worst well, one of them well, all. Am well, I right? Yeah. Am I right? Am I right, guys? That's yeah, it. I'm just saying. right. The, yeah, <laughs> the black Westbrook jersey is strong, too. I like it. It is BGN Radio right here on Sports Radio 94 <laughs> WIP, 888-729-9494. We're reacting to everything that is going on. In fact, the crowd is uh, is filing in here uh, even more. Yes. Because it is a gorgeous day. The skyline, again, is, is right bigger. in front of us. The, uh, the stage is just to the right. It's a... Uh, if you're not down here, I mean, please, uh, please show up because we do. If you visit us in the, in the prize wheel that is spinning over there, there are still some VIP tickets available to go hang out in the auditorium for day three, which is a really cool thing to be a part of. Here, what, what a unique experience. You know, like this is our city and, and there are just people everywhere, all kinds of different jerseys, mostly Eagles jerseys, which is nice. Uh, I did but- see, however, I have seen three McNabb. Redskin jersey. Wow, that which is, is a, which what should are you just doing? not should be move. stopped at the immediately before coming in and saying you have well, to take yeah, that yeah, off. Well, no, it's like it's you know, so the, you know, there's people that can like scrub the internet for like stuff or whatever. <laughs> yes, like they should yes. just scrub all the McNabb Washington jerseys off the planet. Yes. They should not exist anymore. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a really awesome awesome event. There's so many. It feels like there might be more people here now during the day than there has been yet. Obviously, a little earlier open. But yeah. um, if you're anywhere near this city, I feel like you have to come down here and check this out just for the the novelty, the uniqueness of. Absolutely. Let's go to uh, the phones at 888-729-9494. It's our good friend Keith in Florida. Keith, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you guys doing? Thanks for having me on the show. Of course. What's on your mind, bud? Well, I wanted to talk about these last two picks. Uh, I think they're they're interesting picks. Um, the, the first one is Collins, the receiver. Um, uh, the, the last guys wrong were, were saying that they didn't really agree with the pick. Um, I think this was a great pick. If you, you have to look at the whole timeline of his career. He walked on. Uh, then his first year as a regiment, he only played special teams. He was great at special teams, so that's kind of a bonus. Um, his sophomore year, he didn't start any games. Still had 600 yards, eight touchdowns, and was an honorable mention all ACC. His junior year, he started five out of the last six games and was third-team All-ACC. And then the senior year, you look at the arc of his career, you think his senior year, he's going to burst onto the scene, um, and he gets this collarbone injury. The Eagles are banking on him 
uh, you know, having the potential to have been the all ACC huge talent and maybe have oh, yeah. been a second oh. or third round prospect. And yeah. they're getting in the fourth Absolutely, round. Absolutely, Keith. Like no, it's, it's, it's a, you're, you're making great points there. Uh, it, and it is just on, on those. Sure, that's that's the upside if he lands up there and he ends up, you know, hitting that mark where you're going through. There's just right now, and it's again, it's all about the value. And look, it's day three. Like and Pat was talking to us off yeah. there, and it's just like you know what? If you're going to get dive in and get really upset on day three, probably doing it a little bit wrong. Like the first three are good enough. You're yes. looking for three starters. I think you have them there, even though one's very questionable and we don't know when he's going to play. But at the same time, sure, you want to take a shot at a guy. It's, it's it's day three. It's why you should do those things. Yes, especially if you're going to take a shot on a guy, whether or not it feels like a weird pick there. It is a guy with with measurables, with size, with all the things that when you take a shot on a player, that's the type of stuff you want to take shots on. So, you know, look, I, I, it wasn't someone who, who – I think it was more that – I think a lot of us really wanted a running back in that spot, and there were so many guys on the board right there who we felt could come in and be contributors immediately, and this is a guy who's not going to, but ultimately, like we talked with the Sidney Jones pick, Ben, like we don't need contributors immediately. We need long-term contributors. Yeah, this is a guy who can develop into a starter, and he doesn't need to come in immediately because of the wide receivers that they have in town a lot of them without Sean Jeffrey and Torrey Smith and Jordan Matthews for this last year. You know, if he's the fourth guy in this offense for this season, you know, he gets a few targets, can show off a little bit of what he can do and slowly get more and more comfortable with the offense, you know, develop as a route runner, hopefully over the season. Uh, and then when it comes to offseason and you're thinking about, do I do we extend Torrey Smith? Do we extend Jordan Matthews? And Mac Hollins has showed enough in his rookie season that you don't need to do that. That's a really good allocation of resources. They're building for the future here. They're not thinking just about 2017. They're thinking about 2018. They're thinking yep. about 2019. And that's what this team should be doing. I think something that the Eagles have always got caught up in in the last couple of years, especially with Howie Roseman, is they're always thinking that they're about to compete next year and they get really aggressive and they make a bunch of bold moves and they never seem to pay off. Yep. I think this is a really savvy offseason because it shows that they're thinking about the future beyond just next year. Which, I think which, is, great. which is interesting too because I, I don't know at this point now that we've we've been through these um, uh, you know most of day three here now does that mean that that's Joe Douglas's imprints that are laying down there or is this I mean like that's what I'm saying we're going to have this debate for a long time too it's why I wanted them to declare who's, who's in charge of what we know have we now know that Howie has final say, but again, that can be spun so many different ways. Well, Joe Douglas is setting the draft board, so is he telling him, like, slow down and, and just go off of this thing? And Howie's just going, okay, okay, okay. Doesn't doesn't really work that way for me either. I think, obviously, there's collaboration and things that are going on here, but do you think this is a big Joe Douglas influence, or is this just how they're approaching it from now on? Uh, I, think, I think it's a little bit of both, probably. I think that they looked at the chaos and dysfunction that has been the Philadelphia Eagles for the last five years and said, all right, we need to step back here and, and adjust and change things. So I think that the infrastructure they've set up is is more long-term in their minds, but I think you're seeing the Joe Douglas influence on the actual picks here on this draft board. Guys like Derek Barnett, a perfect example of a Joe Douglas-type guy who is a, a football player, a guy who loves the game, a guy who's, you know, yeah, as Joe Douglas said, the will to win, like that kind of stuff. I think we're seeing that with Sidney Jones, Douglas. Like, these are types of guys. And Barrett, too. I mean, all of them. Or Barnett, excuse Barnett, me. Barnett, they're all Joe Douglas-ish type of guys, or at least what we believe Joe Douglas is looking for and what he said he's looking for. So, look, those are the kind of guys you want, right? I mean, you're never going to get upset about a guy. You always want talent. You always want measurables. But you also want guys who love this game, who want to play this game, who want to get better at this game. And, and I think you're seeing that, which is exciting. Absolutely. Let's go to Grant again on the cell, or uh, excuse me, on the phones, 888-760-3776. 
888-729-9494. What's going on, Grant? How are you this afternoon? Hey, guys. How you doing? Good, man. How are you? I'm good. Uh, I just want to know what you think they're going to do in the uh, fifth round. I liked uh, the Danelle Pumphrey pick, but I still think they really need to get a running back who can shoulder a load. Well, uh, Grant, it's a, it's a good thing that you asked because uh, we're uh, uh, right up against the break, and we will tell you exactly what they want to do or what we want them to do in the fifth round. It's Beach Can Radio. It's coming up right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. 94 WIP FM HD1 Philadelphia. From the Tasty Cake Studios, this is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. We are live, live, live from the NFL draft, and we are having a great time. The sun is shining. The beers shall be flowing soon after we're done here at 3 o'clock, but we're happy to have you uh, uh, join us here for the next hour, and there have been some picks that have gone off the board here. Uh, of course, uh, Wayne uh, Gale, uh, Gallman, excuse me, from uh, Clemson, who I think is one of the most he's a player, he's whatever type of guys, and that's how the Giants are going to try and fix their running back situation. So let me just say <laughs> to uh, our fellows over at the <laughs> NFC East, because I, Ben, I, I, I've never seen the upside of this guy. He is literally just a dude. I mean, there is no upside. I think he's a solid player. <laughs> I think he's a solid player, so I'll give him that. He's the type of player who will give you four yards when there's three yards there, but he's always also going to get four yards when there's 20 yards there, and that's kind of the issue with him. He's a low upside player. He's a He's a high-floor player, but just kind of average. But I think that's probably what the Giants need at running back. They don't need a game-breaker because of what they what they have going on in the passing game. So maybe just using the running game as a complement to their passing game. But this is kind of like a eh, pick. There are better players on the board that they could have taken but didn't, and that's good for the Eagles because the Eagles still need a featured running back. That's Well, that's true, too, and, uh, and that's still kind of uh, happening here. There are some other names that uh, are coming out. It's unfortunate for the Giants anyway because, as Ben has pointed out many times, uh, uh, Derek Barnett is probably going to force Eric Flowers into retirement at some point this season. So happily, I don't know how they're going to throw the football if he's kind of in their face all the time. But we were asked before the break again. John Barger, James Zeltzer, Ben Natan, all on BGN Radio here. Uh, who are you feeling right now? I mean, there's about 13, 12 or 13 picks to go until the Eagles select in the fifth round here. Uh, ben, you, you mentioned running back. Is that what you, you want them to double dip here? The Eagles should double dip at running back. I think Donald Pumphrey is going to be a really nice complimentary piece in this offense. He can catch the ball. He can get five six carries a game and be that you know that change of pace back but you need a banger on this offense you need someone who can pound the rock a brian hill out of wyoming oh please yeah that that type of guy you know 220 pounds strong football player ran five uh four five of the combine that's the the height weight speed you need at running back someone who can take 20 25 carries a game and then you have byron marshall and donald pumphrey and darren sproles and uh and wendell smallwood they can catch the ball out of the backfield they can compliment brian hill in that way the eagles still need someone who can shoulder the load. Ryan Matthews is not that guy going he's into gonna the season. Cut. He's yeah, going to be exactly. cut as soon as he's healthy. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, James, what are you feeling here? I'm going to go with my favorite name in the draft. Oh. You're going to like this oh, one, Oh, I John. like this, I think. I want Cornelder so oh, bad at this point in the draft. I can't believe he's still there. And That's regardless, I just want, I want, I want another cornerback. I, I think we came into this draft and said, what is the biggest need on this team? 
oh, it's clearly cornerback. And we came into this draft saying this is one of the best cornerback classes in the history of the draft. Yes. They've already taken two. I think you need one more. When you look at the, what they have right now for the long term, Jalen Mills really the only potential long term piece they have. And we don't really know what Jalen Mills is. So, well, um, if you believe Malcolm Jenkins, it's his break, breakout year next well, year. Well, good. I, I hope he's right, man. Right. I, hope, I hope I see finger wagging yes. all day. Yeah. Every, the greenest hair ever. So, finger wags all yeah. over the place. But regardless, very happy. Uh, another cornerback for me, I, I don't think you could take enough in this draft. To James's point, I think Corn Elder is one of the most underrated corners in this draft, mainly because, uh, again, because the draft is so stacked with these guys. But for me, you know, there are a lot of people that are putting him in this, well, he can only play in the slot. Maybe some, some folks look at him as a safety. I do think he's versatile enough to go in and outside. And let me tell you, for all the Dalvin Cook lovers out there, there is two monster plays where Corn Elder is on the opposite side of the field and Dalvin Cook is screaming down the sideline, wide open with nobody to go. And here comes this little... <laughs> muscle midget that just <laughs> runs him down after 40 yards, tackles him for a game-saving touch. It fits so perfectly in this Eagles secondary that he almost looks like a, a prototype of what Jim Schwartz would want in the nickel here, Ben. I tell you, when, when Eagles fans go back and try to look at Mac Holland's tape and they watch UNC's game against Miami, oh, the boy. best player in that game is Corn Elder. Oof. He is all over the field as a tackler. Not, wait, as not a second guy. overall pick Mitch Trubisky? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry. Sorry, Chicago. Many, I think we're probably going to jab that in a couple more times. Oh, a few more times. Yeah. One of his 13 starts in college. He didn't do a great job. Uh, but Corn Elder is a physical guy. He's a decent athlete. People are going to give him a little bit of knock because maybe he's not the biggest guy, maybe not the fastest guy, but he's going to punch you in the mouth. And I think that's why a lot of people want him at safety, maybe using him in the slot. But I think he has the confidence, the physicality that Jim Schwartz would really want on this defense. That was a great point. So if they go, if they do, if they triple down at cornerback, yeah. that makes a lot of sense because, you know, we talk about Sidney Jones' injury a lot, and we kind of see Razul Douglas's as a contingency plan for Sidney Jones. Well, Corn Elder could be a contingency plan for Razul Douglas in the sense that if Razul Douglas has to step in for Sidney Jones over the next couple of years, Corn Elder would step in into that number two or number three cornerback role with Jalen Mills in there. You need to stack up on cornerbacks. The team does not have cornerback depth. So if they do decide to get Corn Elder or any other cornerback, it'll make a lot of sense. See, I mean, I mean, we're trying to triple down sell you on this guy, and hopefully that comes through. One, one thing I was going to mention that, you know, this is kind of the time where if he's still there, I would, I would really like to see the Eagles take a shot on Jake Butt here because Brent Selleck is not going to be here next year, and I think that could really complement him well. The problem with that is the Broncos have just selected him, uh, and, 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 and so that All just happened. He came off the board. So that no no butts in Philadelphia, so we could have had the long, we could have had the Cox, but we won't have the butts oh, here in Philadelphia. Oh, wow. There, that, could, that could have been pretty That's the point of football yeah, anymore. No, just, <laughs> just hang it up at this point. Shut it down. But, but I do want to make this point. Uh, it's amazing to me how much the the backlash that Leonard Fournette and Christian McCaffrey got for not playing in their bowl games. And guess what? They went in the top ten still. Yep. Unfortunately for Jake Butt, he listened to whoever it was, whether it's himself, Harbaugh, Harbaugh. whatever, to play in a meaningless bowl game and cost himself a bunch of money. Now, all of those picks that he lost, he had uh, insurance policies on, so I think it was something like $20,000 for every pick that you know he, he slid down on. It's just unfortunate. It's it's nobody's fault. Everybody wants to be out there and compete. It's what the NFL wants to see. I want to see you you know, playing every game like it's your last, and et cetera, et cetera. The problem is 
This is always the issue I have with the NCAA. You can't put these kids out there and just throw them into a meaningless bowl game and not give them money. Absolutely. Sorry. Absolutely. I mean, this is ridiculous that there, there should be – there should be. I just – I know it's impossible, but I would love to, for Jake Butt to sue the NCAA or something and just be like, this is not fair. This is – you know, you have to change your minds on this. It's an interesting thing that nobody cares about that now after these guys have been drafted. Yeah, and, and I think it's going to play a role, John. I think you're starting to see that teams – are less old school with their mentality yes. with that type of stuff. Teams are starting care. to say, I don't care if you play in your bowl game. You're an awesome football player. Yes. You're it's smart. You don't want to get hurt in this game, this meaningless game, theoretically, uh, when you could make millions and millions of dollars. I can understand that, so we're not going to dock you for it. And we saw it. Look, fourth and eighth. Two running backs went in the top ten, and neither guy played in his bowl game, and they still went in the top ten. So, um, yeah, I think we're going to start to see a shift where at least those big-time guys, those guys who are locks to go in the first round, uh, um, I, I would be shocked if we see, you know, in those types of situations, more and more of them playing in bowl games. I, I think we're going to start to see a trend. Yeah, and just a note, Jabril Peppers had a mystery shoulder injury during oh. that bowl game, and he ended up not playing either. Uh, so, so Jake again. Butt's teammate decided to sit out the yep. bowl game. and At he the went, last minute, too. It was like yeah. the day of the game. And he went top 30. So so there you go. That's what I'm saying. It's just I, I know I know you want you don't want to leave your teammates high and dry. And uh, I can't believe like a guy like Ezekiel Elliott, who, again, went in the top four last year, was suggesting, oh, I would saddle up with those guys and uh, to play one more time with my Ohio State brethren. I'm like, shut up, man. Yeah. You're making millions of dollars now. And, you yeah. play, and you're, you're elevated now on one of the biggest overrated franchises in the history the NFL. I mean, obviously it comes down to preference for these guys, and some of them you know, are like gamers, and they want to get out there regardless of the circumstances, but if the NCAA and if NFL teams want to incentivize these kids to play in these meaningless bowl games for the last game of the career, they better be getting a paycheck for yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely, and as they should be. It should be like their final thing is like, you've made it through the internship, here's your money, like yeah. that type of thing. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. The risk they're taking, I mean, it's, it's just, it really, and especially, I mean, and we're getting into a whole thing, but of the course. amount of money they make off these kids, and, and, you know, Whatever. 888-729-9494, pound 9494 on your Verizon AT&T cell phones. We're taking all of your uh, draft takes here. And, and, of course, this is something that's starting to happen here. Um, you know, we've mentioned him a lot of times here, Ben, that we really love this guy back in January. Obviously, I have the Iowa bias that's coming through here. But we're getting into the fifth round now. A lot of people thought a guy like Desmond King, who I saw mocked, a million times in the second round of the Philadelphia Eagles just two or three months ago has, has taken a nosedive here. And I, I think it's just from what both you and I had, have seen on tape and me watching him for the last two years, just understanding that I, I think the NFL is just unsure that he can play outside at the corner position. And I think that they're trying to view him as a safety. And a lot of the times these NFL teams don't want to teach these guys how to play a different position, especially in those higher rounds. I do think he's going to get selected at some point, but interesting that he still hasn't gone yet, though. Yeah, and I bet he's thinking about, I mean, you talk about develop a chip on your shoulder where you played lights out during your college career. You're a Jim Thorpe Award winner, Mm -hmm. and then you get selected on the third day of the draft. I mean, he's going to be playing angry for the rest of his career. And, I, I mean... Yeah, he's smaller. Maybe he's not the fastest guy, but he's a smart football player. He's a physical football player. He has really good ball skills, and those are all those are all things that you need at the cornerback position that a lot of the guys who went before him do not have. And even if you're going to be moving him to safety, it's a little bit ridiculous that you don't take someone who's such a strong tackler, who's such a high character, who, who is so smart. Uh, you're not taking that guy in the second day of the draft. And it reminds me a little bit of Ricardo Allen back in 2014. He was a really good corner at Purdue. He lasted to the third day of the draft and got moved to safety, and now he's one of the you know top ten free safeties in the league for 
for the for the Atlanta Falcons. I think Desmond King's probably going to see a similar career path. Each of us has talked about doubling or tripling down. What are the odds that we see a position taken that we have not seen yet? I mean, linebacker was talked about. Offensive line brought up a fair amount. There you go. So, so uh, Ben, I, I don't know what you think, but who are some of the top guys on your board if they decide to go kind of out of the, you know, doubling up, tripling up at the positions of need that we've talked so much about? Well, if they decide to go maybe offensive line, a guy I really like is Will Holden out of Vanderbilt. Really solid, technical offensive lineman. Started uh, every game of his career in uh, in the SEC. So tough, tough player, smart. They need they need they did a great job adding depth to the interior offensive line. They need guys who can sit behind Jason Peters and Lane Johnson. I mean, they have Vitae, but besides that, they don't have a lot of depth at the tackle position. So that could be a direction they go in. Uh, defensive tackle is something we talked about yesterday on on the uh, on the live stream. Uh, Bo Allen, unfortunately, is going to be out for a long time. You know, Timmy Jernigan and Fletcher Cox are obviously going to make an impact as starters, but who are you going to be rotating in behind them? We don't really have that guy yet. So maybe a guy like Charles Walker, uh, D'Angelo Brown. There are there are defensive linemen on on the third day of the draft who can come in and be contributors as rotational as rotational guys. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a great point there, and that's kind of why I really wanted Jaleel Johnson here. And um, I, I, talking about another guy with probably a, a chip on his shoulder moving in is you know he went into the fourth round, and I think that would have been a perfect rotation with with uh, you know Timmy there. Uh, I also think on the offensive line side, it's interesting because Joe Douglas had said, you know, despite what people yes. think about, you know, the offensive line, uh, uh, you know, class being a little weak here. A I, lot I, like I, we've even heard yeah, from other people. That it's uh, it's actually really solid and he sees a lot of depth in it. I don't know. We're in round five. I would, I would tend to say it's a weak class here if there's not a lot of guys that are coming off the board. Obviously, the linemen have gone in this thing, but uh, as uh, Teron Davenport would say, little cuz is probably still on the board. Julian Davenport. Yeah. Uh, uh, play the local angle here a little bit. The, the Bucknell uh, grew up in uh, New Jersey. I'm not exactly sure where in New Jersey. He went to. Te- he got to selected by the Texans. Oh, he did? He yeah. did go? When did he go? Yeah, fourth round to oh, the Texans. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, yeah. so we can cross that off the board. And now <laughs> we'll that cross him off the list then. which is interesting then too because uh, I, I wonder and Ben just just by bringing that up uh, I, I don't know I mean it, it, I, I know it's a, a year away and, and things that can change but is this offensive line draft class in the next year looking better than what it would be right now? I never like to play the game of what it looks like next year because everybody looks like a first-round pick when they're not in this class. <laughs> exactly. And we see these mock drafts with all these players that are, you know everyone's excited about. And a year, I mean, Desmond King was getting mocked in the top five in 2017 mock drafts a year ago. And now, fifth round, still on the board. So yeah, that's it's hard to think. And I always thought that this draft class, especially, you know, the interior offensive line was a lot deeper than people were giving it credit for. But, you know, we're getting into the third day. Maybe those guys were those guys were all taken in the second day of the draft, and it's getting a little bit thinner. Well, yeah, it is interesting too, though, because I do think that that they do want to build through the trenches. They've made it very clear. It's something we've heard them harp on. Obviously, the Derek Barnett pick uh, a, a sign that they're going that way. But um, even after making the pick, that was one of the big things outside of the character that they talked about so much. John, I, I feel like. You know, they do want to make an emphasis to going back to that, you know, Andy Reid way of doing things and building from the trenches out, which, you know, I, there's been a lot of success with that in the history of the yeah, NFL. Absolutely. Um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see an offensive lineman go in one of these next couple picks here. For yeah, and, uh, maybe uh, maybe it's even later on and they just want to take sure. a flyer on a guy that has uh, some Well, they developed the flyer as well. I mean, like we said yeah. with Big V, I mean, w- w- from what yeah, he Stalin's was at the start, job. you know, to what he was at the end, I think we saw real positive growth. Yeah, and uh, it just, I don't know... It, and this is the thing, too, about 
any any draft that you go into, your mind's always racing about, well, the next year, the next year, the next year, and you're sitting there and it's like, well, Jason Peters isn't going to be here. What are they going to do? Oh, my goodness. You know, what if he doesn't even make it past the nine games, which is I always go through, like, the worst-case scenario with this because I, ju- I just think that I love Jason Peters to death. I just hope that he can actually hold up again and play 16 games, and I know it's the best he's ever felt, and I think that you know, he finally has 35. A coach. I know. Not possibly. I'm 35. I do not feel the best I've ever felt any day yeah. ever. So yeah, yeah exactly. I don't think that's possible. <laughs> exactly. So there's a lot of things that are that are happening there. And look, it's it's all not. If that ends up being your weakness, I guess that's what you just got to go with next year. And, and you're and you're just. I, yeah, that's where I guess you have to be a little bit positive here because there hasn't been any hasn't been any real reaches. I mean, you can make the argument. You know, for uh, for Collins, that's that's understandable. It may be a little bit of a reach there, but everything else, there is just a, I, I don't know. I don't want to call it a paint by numbers thing, but it just seems like well, this is the obvious guy to take here, and we're going to select him now. Yeah, and not just that, and and we talked a ton about it heading into the draft, but the obvious guy has also been a guy at a position of need. So it's you know we did BPA versus need, BPA versus need, BPA versus need the entire draft process, you know, pre-draft process leading up. And it's just kind of worked out where where the, the obvious pick, at least in our eyes, in those situations, ended up also being a position of need, which, you know, you got to love when it works out that way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, do you make that? I don't know. What do you think overall just so far, Ben? I, I think the other thing with the Mac Hollins pick is, like, wide receiver is still a need. And maybe that's something that we were kind of underrating because we wanted the running back because that's the more immediate need. But they're still addressing, I mean, we talked about this before, they're still addressing a position of need in the future. It's going to be a position of need a year from now because we talked about these guys are basically, the guys who are starting this year are all essentially on one-year deals. We don't know what's going to happen with them after the season is finished. So they're investing in the future. They're putting depth in a position that the Eagles have not had depth the last couple of years. I mean, we've been starving for like half-decent uh, wide receiver play. So they're looking to, do, to invest in that and having guys who can come in immediately and and, and contribute as depth guys. You know, maybe even Torrey Smith doesn't work out. Maybe, you know, there was a lot of talk of a lot of his talk of impact is more upside of what he could do as a deep threat. Maybe that doesn't actually work out. And then you have to ask Mac Hollins to be the number three wide receiver in, in this team. And maybe he can do that. He has the, the ability. He has the upside to do that. Absolutely. And uh, as we're strolling uh, right along here, the, a lot of guys that, uh, again, another weird spot for for this fella because they weren't sure of what exactly to do with him, but the Falcons end up taking DeMonte Kaziz uh, from uh, San Diego State, who's, you know, had a, had, I don't know, it was, it was kind of an up-and-down type of, uh, of uh, draft process for him, too. Not that there's like a hundred other guys that are going through the same thing, but, you know, uh, just trying to figure out whether whether he can play in the nickel, whether he is an outside guy. And uh, uh, so this is, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of feeling that Cornell is, is, is still going to be hanging around here. I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. Me too. Gonna, Me too. As and we're strolling the, uh, and uh, struggling to get to that fifth round, but we're, you know, I, I think he's going to be there. I hope so. And it's one of those things where it's it's very rare. I feel like to be sitting in the fifth round and saying, I really hope that guy is there. But I really hope Cornell is there. But um, regardless, I just want to see them continue to make picks that that make sense in the spot not to look at a pick and be like what the hell just happened because that that has been the history in the city for for at least recent years so um yeah look i I think i I like i like the way this process has gone it seems like like we said you can feel joe douglas's handprints on this you can feel him involved and um you know i I think it's a positive thing I, i really do and and 
Um, you know, again, anyone out there who's not down here, I think, is making a giant mistake at the NFL draft experience presented by Dan and Oikos Triple Zero. Uh, it is just it, the best, coolest thing that we've been a part of here. So, uh, uh, one more plea for everyone to get out here. It goes till six tonight. Um, so, uh, free to get in, no ticket required. Uh, which is the best part. Which is the best part. Uh, free is for me, I like to say. So, <laughs> free is for um, me. Yeah. So, as we're talking about Desmond King, uh, he is going to the San Diego Chargers as we start the fifth round is going on here. Marked as a safety. But that, uh, that, I mean, that's a good secondary already. You yeah. know, when you look at Verrett, Hayward, I mean, that's a, there, there's some upside there. Yeah, so I, Ben, I mean, I think that's actually a great fit for the Chargers in, in their secondary position, like James is saying. And um, it's, it's something where, you know, right away, I don't think there's going to be a ton of pressure on him to, to get in there and do his thing. Yeah, especially if they're bringing him as a safety. The Chargers historically have not seemed to mind about smaller corners. They have Jason Verrett. They have Brandon Flowers. You know, Casey Hayward's a little bit on the small side. And it's worked out well for them. I think they've all played at a a high level when they've been healthy. And now Desmond King can come in in as a safety, play over the top. Like we talked about, he's smart enough. You know, he's athletic enough to play at that free safety position where he can kind of get himself into position. Doesn't need need that, you know, long speed because he has the ability to diagnose where the ball is going way before it actually gets there. And, And playing with that group of corners, I think that's going to turn into a really nice ball hawking secondary in San Diego. Or Los Angeles. Yeah, that's right. It's going to take us a long time to get used to that. It just sounds so weird. He's good enough. He's smart enough. And doggone it, people like him. So we wish Desmond King uh, very much a a good luck in uh, Los Angeles as we go through there. Uh, We've got about 40 minutes left of BGN Radio. We're going to be back and uh, hopefully, maybe, the Eagles might be selecting before we go. It's right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 or WIP. Sicker than your average radio show, we flow, we go. It's BGN Radio, we unflow. Yo, it's 94 WIP. John Barch and James Nelson and Mr. Benditon as the Eagles are officially on the clock as uh, actually our good uh, producer, Brian Coulter, uh, if he could uh, just come over here and tell me, when did, who did Washington take there, my friend? Uh, Washington, with their last pick, just took Jeremy Sprinkle, tight end from Arkansas. Is he is he like white sprinkles, colored sprinkles, chocolate sprinkles, rainbow, yeah. rainbow, rainbow. sprinkles? Probably some rainbow sprinkles. sprinkles. There we go. So, so there's been a, uh, a slight run on on tight ends here, Ben, which isn't isn't that much of a surprise. There's a lot of you know this is the the upside guys uh, type of uh, fifth round flow that's going on here. But uh, any any takes on uh, on Sprinkle here from Arkansas? Well, it's worth noting that Jeremy Sprinkle was suspended from the bowl game because he stole from the store that the bowl game gave him a gift card. <laughs> that, you so, you so, don't so, have that kind of information anywhere else. Uh, that, is, that is fantastic. So, Sounds like a winner. Yes, that's absolutely. So, so we have we have from Benjamin Albright here, uh, I recommend that the lockers in Washington stay locked. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly right. So that's amazing. You know, you stole from the store that they, or they yeah. basically you have the gift card. To. We Buy have, the thing with the gift card. I'm more worried. I'm more worried about the kicker run that's about to happen. Uh-oh. No. Oh, no. Okay. Hold on. We might. Oh, either way. No. One of my favorite guys just went before. before. Oh, I thought no. I, Tom, Tom Kelly was saying, like, oh, hey, you know, there's uh, Jayon Brown, who is a UCL linebacker we, uh, from Linebacker U, who came on this yeah. program with us uh, just this week. I thought he would be a really great fit for the Eagles. He's just one of those one of those guys that could maybe take some snaps away from uh, Michael Kendricks. Great special teamer. Uh, just went to the Browns. Is that correct? Right. 
Oh, to the Titans, excuse me. So, uh, you know, uh, uh, Jayon uh, Brown was, uh, unfortunately, I would have I I done a couple of fist bumps, as I just showed you uh, yeah. to the crowd here. Uh, but Even with Corn Elder going, which we did not mention Corn okay, Elder goes. Okay, so that, that's what happened. The Eagles ended up trading uh, the 155th pick to the Tennessee Titans for a 164 and 214. So that's going to be for an additional 6th and 7th round So they kind of recouped the draft capital that they gave up to move up. To go get, uh, you know, yeah, Don Yeah, to go get Don Pumphrey. So I'm fine with that. It's not like, you know, if there wasn't, I mean, I like Brown too, but if there wasn't a guy who, who jumped out to them, jumped off the board there, recouped that a little bit. I mean, they do have a lot of needs, and nice to get those picks back. So is uh, that means that or the, also, spot, also swapping picks How many spots did they go back? What was the, how many swap back? It was... Uh uh, swap. Uh, okay, nine. nine. They nine were nine picks back. And that last pick so is going they to be probably, the end of the sixth round. So they went back just long enough to probably do it right after we're done with yeah. the show, which is very <laughs> which nice is... of the Eagles to do that for us. Uh, we did mention a kicker off the board, too. The first kicker has there been you go. taken. Jake ne- Elliott, I believe, from Memphis. Never draft chick kickers. You think in the I... fifth round. <laughs> I mean, apparently the best kicker in this draft was Zane Gonzalez out of Arizona State, so they didn't even take the best kicker in the draft. Man. They... Why do you draft a kicker? Yeah, that stop is, drafting like, kickers. Was, it was the never, Bengals. Ever, right? ever were, yeah, the Bengals. We were having a good draft, too. So yeah, Right we're, until then. They're like, all right, stop. Were, right? Yeah, like, stop, <laughs> stop praising us. We're going to draft a kicker just to <laughs> throw you for a loop. I can't tell you how many times that, like, we, we have, even us, have, have interviewed a ton of a ton of kickers in our lifetime in the last three years. Uh, there are so many guys on the street that can kick footballs really, really well. Yep. And uh, just go grab one of them. Yes. You know, that's, I mean, there are so many. It's, it's, that's, it's the same thing with, like, you're, if you're lucky enough to be John Durnboss and just be the long snapper for, you know, 13 years or whatever he's going on right now. Uh, you know, those, those positions don't change a lot. If you have a kicker that's there, they're going to be a kicker there for a long time. It's amazing to me that people still still waste draft picks when there's a plethora of guys that are, are in here doing it all the time. Yeah, how about a second-round pick last year for uh, a yeah. guy who might might not make the moved team? I mean, Aguayo, right? yeah, they moved up to get him the, the box, and, and uh, he might not even make the team this year. That's how kind of rough it's been for that guy. Yeah, it is outrageous to me. You have such a limited amount of draft capital. Every one of these picks matters. I mean, we see guys who don't even get drafted, not just at those positions, go on to have really nice careers. Trey Burton, a nice recent example for the Eagles. The fact that you would waste one of those picks on someone who you can, like you said, John, pretty much do the exact equivalent of. And also, assuming that most teams, as we see, very rarely draft kickers, you don't have to do it. If you're going to do it, fine. Use your last pick on a kicker, like in fantasy. You know, like you never take a kicker before the last round. You know, it's, I think it's crazy to take a kicker in the fifth, obviously the second, or really any round but much less, if you're going to do it, do it with your last pick and, and be done with it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, Ben, where does this kind of, now that they're they're trading back here, uh, obviously there's still still some ways to go as far as what's going to be on the board there, but any names now, even later on, where, where you think the Eagles should go? Well, apparently they traded back because they wanted one of those cornerbacks who went a little bit higher. They wanted maybe a DeMonte Casey or a Corn Elder, so they moved back. And I, I'm still riding. I mean, there's still running backs available that you can take. I, there's, I mean, Brian Hill, he's still there. Still hanging he's out. Still hanging out. But another thing I'll, I'll suggest, maybe a linebacker. You know, th- this would be the spot where you go and get a Michael Kendrick's replacement. A guy like Anthony Walker, an athletic guy out of Northwestern, an athletic smart guy out of Northwestern, maybe a little bit undersized. But if you're going to bring in linebackers, that's a guy that you could want. On the on the in the fifth round of the draft, but I'm I'm going to stick to my guns here. They got to they need to draft a big bruising running back if they can.
man. And I've got one for you. Ooh. From UTEP, Mr. Aaron Jones. Let's do it. The two, yes. you, yeah, the two-step UTEP uh, that's going on. There were some UTEP fans out there in Minnesota here. Well, J- John Dermas. Uh, yeah, there exactly. you go. How about that? I think Aaron Jones would be in a, a, a fantastic fit and actually a perfect compliment to Donnell Pumphrey, who's going to be, uh, you know, uh, just <laughs> doing well, his our best. Our thunder and lightning yeah, coming exactly. over Exactly. Or, yeah, yeah, as, uh, as we're, we're dying to use that at all times. As, as <laughs> so give me some thunder and lightning. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know. Shake and bake, baby. Again, that a guy that has, has broken a bunch of UTEP records going through there. And just like Brian Hill, uh, I think either one of those guys would be a perfect fit here. And, and I think we're all waiting for for I guess that that double dip that's coming through, I, I don't know. Are, are they necessarily? Do they have a different plan in mind for the running back position? That's what's baffling to me. They actually think that Pumphrey could be a starter. Well, on top of that, what regardless of how they're going to use Pumphrey, which I think, look, they they used Darren Sproles a lot last year. I a think ton. that a guy like Pumphrey, if he can, you know, come in and, and play right away, I think they they want to use him similarly, and and thus I think they're an offense that might use a guy like that more than other offenses out there. Um, but I certainly think they could use another bruiser. But I think the plan might be like you said something like a Jamal Charles like that that as soon as you say that uh, thinking about the guys who might still be out there that makes a lot of sense to me a, a you know a close to veteran minimum type contract or whatever it may be Ben uh, you know how do you kind of do you do you, you feel very confident that they need another back immediately well the thing is that when you have this running back by committee thing the, the issue is that a lot of running backs are good when they get into a rhythm you need to give them three or four carries you need to kind of get a sense of the rhythm of how the defense is operating and get kind of comfortable before oh that's not good yeah no wow um they need to get kind of comfortable before they can start breaking those big long runs but if you have a bunch of running backs so you're giving three four carries in a game none of those guys are going to be able to consistently kind of get warmed up get into a tempo and with that you're going to need like home run threats and that's not really a sustainable way to run a running offense and even if you're using the run uh, as a compliment where, where you're, you're passing to set up the run which I know is an Andy Reid thing you still need someone who can run the ball down the, the other team's throat you need a fourth quarter finisher and the Eagles do not have that right now no they don't and that's what's that's I guess that's I don't know when, when we're trying to talk about a sustaining running game and we've had this argument all offseason about you know well Doug Peterson just he doesn't want to run the football and it's just I still think that's complete nonsense. He, he's begging. In fact, Frank Reich was begging for something. He's like, we have to figure out a way to run the football more effectively. And it's not with the guys that they have. And it's just, again, they've tried to scheme things so well for these guys in the backfield. You would love it if Darren Sproles could, could run the ball, you know, 20, 25 times. He hasn't done that in his entire career. He just, it's just not that type. So when you're, when you're doing all these things, I, I hate, just like Ben was saying, I hate the running back by committee. It never works. It never works until it does. <laughs> well, and it's very few few times that you have any type of playoff contention where there's three running backs and they're all doing and firing on all pistons here. Yeah. Well, look, look. What was the what's the one game that kind of stinks? sticks out from last season when you think about the most successful game it was when they beat the Falcons and because Ryan Matthews was a Haas and they gave him the ball and he ran down their throats and and it worked right in this scheme it worked I think that showed and and multiple times last season showed that they can run the ball if they get a guy who can be and Ryan Matthews that's the thing right the injuries he's never on the field and and again we don't even know if he'll be in the NFL that that you know that's a serious injury that he has Um, but 
when healthy and on the field, he can contribute. You know, he does have that ability. So I think that showed that if you get a guy in there who can carry the load a little bit at times and can kind of give you a little bit of a grinder mentality, I think it can work with this scheme and this offense. So, yeah, I'm 100% buying that. And I think you need to run the ball, especially we've talked about it a ton with, with Carson Wentz. It was one of the main reasons we wanted them to go out and get a running back, whether in the first or second round or someone like that, was what we saw in Dallas, what we've seen with other young quarterbacks. It is such a huge advantage for these kids when they are starting out their careers at the quarterback position to have a strong running. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, go. sorry, go ahead, Ben. Yeah, I was just going to say, and with running back by committees, that usually only works when you have a high-powered passing game. I mean, the running back by committees that have been successful in the NFL over the last couple of years have really just been like New England and New Orleans. And those, I mean, those are 5,000-yard passers. Yes. we're talking about that are setting up. Nobody's playing against the run. You're seeing five-man, six-man boxes that you can have those running back by committee type of situations against. But like even even as good as Carson can be, the Eagles are not going to be a team that has a 5,000-yard passer, especially not next year. So you need someone who can take pressure off the passing game and you know take pressure off of Carson Wentz so he doesn't have to do everything. You, you need someone to comp- you need to keep defenses honest. And if you don't have a banger, you don't have someone who can carry the ball 20, 20 times a game. I mean, James had a great point. They won that Atlanta Falcons game by running it down their throat. They won that Pittsburgh Steeler game in the fourth quarter with Wendell Smallwood running it down their throat. They finished that game in the fourth quarter. They need to do that, and they need to go out and get a guy who can do that consistently over the next couple of years with Carson Wentz in the backfield, too. And I think they're building the offensive line to do it. I, I think that that's a factor as well. We've seen, I mean, Lane Johnson is a terrific run blocker. I, I think they have Maulers up there. They're, they're building a bigger offensive line. I think that they can do it from that perspective as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'll mark another one off the board, boys, is uh, the Falcons have now taken Brian Hill. So that is, uh, they, they keep stacking now. him up it's down there. It's what happened Holy last cow. year, right? When, like, Jordan Howard and Paul Perkins and all these guys were like, oh, I hope he gets these. I hope he gets these. Yeah. And then they got Smallwood. And that's fine. But it was like they were. But they have taken a running back. No, so and it was you know, good. No, no, but, no. Uh, yeah, exactly. I'm just saying there there is a situation where it does seem like this part of the draft the last few years has been a. Uh, opportunity for some of those types of guys. That's good. Uh, our good friend Dan in Pottstown. Dan, what's going on, buddy? How are you? What's going on, fellas? How y'all Yo, doing? Danny. Hey, listen, man. Um, I, I, I seen a lot of uh, pessimistic uh, Eagles fans on Twitter and commenting about um, the Eagles uh, draft this year. I think they did a bang-up job, man. Listen, you got two and your first two rounds you got two projected top 15 players on a lot of people's draft boards before this injury. Absolutely. And you got them in the first and second round. Our third round pick was projected to go mid-second round. You understand what I'm saying? We did oh, yeah, good thank in you, Thank draft, you to man. all the QBs. The QB run, honestly, that started from round one. It's a, it's 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 a just kind of a domino effect of, of how and, that and, went and, on. And, and, and here, listen, fellas, this is good. the main reason why I called is because I had an Achilles um, repair surgery. Now, I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to pretend to play doctor, but I want to just share with you like a little bit of what I went through with this Achilles tear. If it's ruptured, and I didn't see no signs of him rupturing his Achilles tendon, that's a lot more serious, and it like takes a lot more recovery time, and it, it, it's a more nagging injury than an Achilles tear. Okay, the, the the thing that takes time with, 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 when you tear your Achilles tendon is the rehab. You have to get, you know, your foot and your ankle essentially back 
to 100 percent. You know yeah, what I mean? Absolutely, so you can be able to... Yeah, absolutely, buddy. Sorry, we're just up against the break here, and that's that's just one of the things that it's going to be a wait and see, and we'll get into more of that. It is BGN Radio right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. It's the final segment of uh, BGN Radio right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. John Barcher, James Elser, Ben Natan all with us uh, as uh, the Eagles are somewhere close to being on the clock uh, once again. And of course, we got Rob Cherry and Hollis Thomas going to be hanging out with you right after we are done here. And uh, actually, in fact, the Eagles are now on the clock, so we will have a pick there coming in through there. We could react to that. But uh, I just got to say that we... As a station, and we as BGN Radio would definitely not be in this perfect spot if it is not for our next man sitting yes. to our left here. It is Mr. We know him as sales guy, John, but it is John Gentile. What's going on, buddy? Thank you. Thank you. My voice is sharp. But thank you. Everybody's voice is sharp. I appreciate it. Stop. Stop. You know, look, this is a team effort. Everybody, everybody at WIP has been amazing. I think we put on one hell of a show. Absolutely. Like, so everybody's been great. I mean, what a what an event! I mean, yeah. like from start to finish, from Wednesday, from getting in here, and every broadcast, everybody just stepping up and doing their part. It's been great. Yeah, yeah. Jen Deal hasn't left yet. He's been here the entire know, time. Sorry, every it's second I've been here, he's always here. It's amazing. Yeah, like, you can hear it in the voice. I mean, he's can. not even on the air, and you can, can. hear the voice. I'm putting a clinic on there. You man. <laughs> he has. I, honestly, I've I've never seen a sales guy work this hard. No, I've never seen someone. I mean, every event you do, every he's always there, always out there. It's just. Um, it's awesome to see Thank that. You. We're, we're all it. so grateful to have you. Look, that's what you get when you get WIP, though. You get the best. That's right. That's it. Yeah, that's I, why you listen to us. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and, and just for, like, you know, John could have just gone, here, we're just going to focus on, on WIP and everything that's going on here. He's focused on literally everything that's going around. I see him just, you know, all over this facility. He's the reason why we're able to stream live next to all these great WIP broadcasters. And then, you know, we're sitting here on the air, and it's it's been a fantastic weekend. <laughs> I want to talk about one thing though. Like, what about? I want to, one thing that bothers me is the national story of the Philadelphia sports fan. Oh band. my goodness! Yes, because yes. I, I just want to get off subject because it's something I like. I heard it right before we came on. I think we've changed the perception of the Philadelphia sports fan this week. Absolutely, right? the yeah. last three days, two arrests in three days, and none of them had anything to do with any like God was flying a drone. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Stop like, being a nerd. Yeah, stop being, nerd. exactly. Yeah, stop being a nerd. Seriously, I can't control everybody, but you know what I mean? Like, I think we changed the perception of Philadelphia. Like, I think you know, you see, this is the best. Best fan base in the nation. Yes, absolutely. Philadelphia is, is, is sports. It's the culture here. It's about brotherhood. It's about family. It's about football. And like we've changed that perception this week. And I, love, I don't care what national yes. talking. Like we've done that. Absolutely. And and Brian Dawkins amplified that today as he pretty much started the draft. He went into this thing about just like let him hate. You be you, yeah. you know, and he just fired everybody up again, and then he just uh, broke into the Eagles fight song, and it was fantastic, and that's what it is. I can't argue that. You know, b Doc, look, I could take him, but, you know what I mean? No, I wouldn't argue. I mean, he knows. Again, if you play for the city, you know, and if you're from here and you love this team and you, you bleed green yes. like most of us do, I mean, you know that this is the best fan base anywhere. Well, you well, don't get any better than this. I think on top of that, I think we've changed the perception of the NFL draft. I know we've mentioned it before, but... Yeah. 
This is the way the draft will be yeah, from, from now on. on. It will yeah. never be an indoor event again. This is too successful, too easy for all these people to access and have a great time. But real quick, if we're going to have John Gentile on it, we talk about him as a sales guy. John and all he does here, he's also pretty damn knowledgeable he about football. Man. What do you think? <laughs> Donnell Pumphrey, as I said before, on his co- he's a college football fantasy team. Okay, that's I'm a little how bit much of a nerd, yes, too. Exactly. Yeah, we're all nerds. So, so real yeah. quick, what's your take on uh, what the Eagles have done so far? I compare. All right, so let's start from the top. Let's start with the first pick. It's a, he's an edge. I, I think the Eagles are taking the slow and steady approach instead of the big splash. This guy's a pass rusher, Barnett, that actually needs a little bit of work. Kind of the hands are awesome. He's got a good burst, but like he, he gets off sides a lot. He's got a couple things he's got to work on, but he's not a finished product by any means. But two years from now, a year and a half from now, he's going to be a really good player. Uh, Sidney Jones, same kind of deal. Yep. He's not going to start next year. We've kind of already said that, but like two years from now, he's going to be a lockdown, shutdown side of the field guy where this team's going to be great. And my man Pumphrey, who, you know, t- <laughs> took us to a championship. But, you know, look, I want to gloat about him, but no, I'm not, I can't say the team name on the air, but you know, like, the dude, he reminds me of Sproles. Sproles was a fourth round pick, too. A yep. 5'9 underrated guy yeah, absolutely. that no one thought could ever play in the That's NFL. A great point. Pumphrey's that same guy that, like, is lightning in a bottle. You use him 10, 12 times a game, flex him out at the receiver position, absolutely. put him in the running back, maybe give him some returns. This guy's explosive, and he's going to be a player here. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you. And and along with that, our own Teron Davenport just sent me 70 exclamation points once the pick <laughs> came in, so he was really excited. We're all doing pump you. freeze. Uh, I love and, it. and just uh, real quick, dun, 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 dun. Uh, the uh, the Eagles have actually traded their pick back once again They're to Miami. They're right now. So they've gone back two spots now. They're belichacking. And, uh, they I, really don't want to make the pick while we're on the air is the, the impression I'm getting here. They're, they're saying right, so. we will not pick. While you finish your show already, and then maybe we'll make a pick. We're going to keep they're trading they're back. Yes, right? They're that, like, yeah, yeah, I want Hollis yeah. on the air for yeah. that. They also, uh, they also pick up, I believe, and just go a little bit higher in the seventh round. So they are uh, uh, back uh, back to and then up ten uh, as it kind of works out and sure. goes through there. So More draft capital. That's, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> just trying to try Tell it. about that draft capital, yeah, But this baby. is the thing that, that, you know, it's not just Belichick either, even though a lot of people, I think it was Todd McShay that had described him as that, as Joe Douglas is moving and making ground. It's a, it's a similar move to what you were taught in, in Baltimore. I'm sure Ozzie does this stuff all the time, so maybe we can get a little Joe Douglas does it again <laughs> as, as we're moving it around. I don't know. Can, you, can we get there where it's well, Joe probably. Douglas does it again? Because that, be, yes. that would be pretty awesome. Ben, don't you think that would be the, the best thing for this franchise to just be completely annoying and just say Joe Douglas does it again? I want that in this town. Oh, absolutely, and I think we can get there. I mean, we've already seen that he's so smart with dealing with these players, and we've seen the mentality he wants from these players, so in the next couple of years, we're going to hear that quite a bit. Yeah, absolutely. So, as we uh, wind down here and just there's there's so many different people to thank for this weekend. This has been incredible. And uh, I, I, I'm kind of I'm a little sad that it's ending. But also, as you can tell by my voice, I'm, you know, like, I'm, I'm due for a nap you and maybe have, some whiskey. I don't think you have a if choice. I, if yeah. anyone has lozenges, yeah. John and I, the two Johns, just dropping out. If you see a voice on the street, we lost ours. You get them over here. Yeah, that's right. So we're going to leave it up to uh, Rob Cherry and Hollis Thomas, who's, uh, who's coming in here. And uh, once again, thanks to Ben Livingston, our good friend Tom Kelly, who's just been Killing running the it. show this entire Phenomenal. time. Yes. He's been down Phenomenal. here this week. Awesome. Uh, Titus, who's uh, who's back at the uh, back at the studio, and of course. Uh, 
the one and the only the Ben DJ! Hill, who has been just a phenomenal engineer this entire time. There's a dance party as we go on break to our own crew. Shout out to Ben Hill. Brian Coulter, who has just been a phenomenal this in, entire week. And, of course, Scott Kessler for the help last night as well. Uh, and uh, props to Bud Light for just absolutely yes. crushing Bud this thing. Light. The team and just, of pen distributors, John DeRinzi and Bud Light. I'm about to go drink a Bud Light. Just we are going to have a Bud oh, Light. Yeah, we it, wrap it, this it, thing up yeah. tonight. It's time to <laughs> celebrate. And, of course, the BGN Radio festivities roll on. So if you're not doing anything tonight, you're getting down and you're, you're done with the draft. Come hang out with us at the Adobe Cafe 1919 East Pass Young. Starting at 8 o'clock, we're going till 2. I don't know if I can nice. make it till 2, but my body will be in the facility. I will die there if I have to, John. <laughs> so, for uh, John Barchard, myself, and uh, Benetton, James Seltzer, we want to thank everybody for listening to BGN Radio right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. <laughs> Sicker than your average radio show, we flow, we flow. It's BGN Radio, we unflow. Yo, it's 94 WIP.